Hello and welcome to the Art of Podcast, brought to you by Grand Lifestyle Magazine and the Public Arts Commission. I'm your host, Tammy Vignes, and I'm joined today by Marla Defoe, Danielle Pikarski, and Dean Opp. Hi, guys. Hello. 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 How goes it? Anybody? Really, 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 really cold. <laughs> yes, you it see, is. We're all frozen. <laughs> I know. It takes a while to respond. Right. Seriously, I think maybe like even the the airwaves are just slow because the frost and the cold is just slowing everything down. It is brutal. Yeah, it is. It's not great, but you know what? The sun is shining, so there's always a little bit of a silver lining. There is no snow. I mean, there's snow, but I mean, there's no there's snow, no like, coming down. <laughs> like, I don't know if you've looked outside lately, Marla, but there's lots of snow. <laughs> I'm just happy when it's not falling on the roads. Right, no, exactly. I know it's been kind of a, a little bit of a touch-and-go sort of driving situation the last few days, so glad that's not the case anymore right now, knock on wood. So. Right. Anywho, um, so I was thinking about this. Um, today our, our guest is actually from the United Way, and I was thinking about um, a few weeks ago, we did uh, a podcast talking about New Year's resolutions or goals or however you want to to word that. And I was thinking one of the things that I actually had thought about before, and I, I didn't mention this. I don't even remember if I mentioned any goals. Um, but one of the things that I always want to do better at is just to be a little bit more of a generous person. And whether that is, you know, financially or donating time or you know, something to that effect. Like, I feel like, you know, I really want to get better at, at doing that more consistently and, and maybe on a, you know, wider range of, of things. And one of my favorite things actually that's coming up is Giving Hearts Day. And whenever I do donate, it's always on Giving Hearts Day because I feel like that's, you know, kind of the biggest bang for your buck. I mean, I always, you know, do my best to make at least a few contributions. You know, they might not be as much as I wish they could be, but I do feel like I'm, you know, given a little bit more or a little bit extra on, on that particular day. How about you guys? Any, any contributions or anything like that in your, in your futures? Well, I do really like giving hearts day. And I think the hardest part about giving hearts day is selecting, uh, I know. who you're going to give to. Um, I think that, uh, there's so many different, needs and even wants in our community that that um it's hard to select Mm -hmm. one so um you know i'm usually one that goes after what's important to me whether whether it's the arts or it's um pets right the things that are tugging on your heart oh yes yes and and that that changes from day to day because um there's always something right that, depends yeah. on what sad video I've just watched on Facebook <laughs> and it determines what I need to donate you to. know yeah. it's, it's funny that that happens quite a bit oh I know I know I swear I mean now that I say that I bet the next time I log into my social media I'll have some sort of you know something to that's gonna you know make my eyes water a little bit and well you know I adopted a black cat because they say that black cats are the least likely to be adopted from pet shelters mm-hmm. so um, so I always get all these little um, notes about, you know, black cats not being loved. So, <laughs> so, um, so, and mine is, mine is very, very, very sweet. He's awesome for a cat. Um, he doesn't act like a normal cat. He wants to be around us all the time. 
Um, I guess, except when it's time to eat, I guess he's normal for a right. cat, right? Like, or when it's Friday the 13th and he's busy wandering under ladders and yes, that kind of thing. Yes, breaking mirrors. <laughs> breaking things. mirrors. But, yep. um, so, yes, I tend to uh, have have a little soft heart for the pets, the little furry yeah. ones. Mm. So. I saw something the other day, or maybe it was even just today. There's a... I think it's in Fargo. There's a cat that's been in the shelter for like 854 days or some obscene amount of time. I showed that picture to my husband. <sighs> and did he said you? no. <gasps> but I know. if you just went and got it and just brought it back, maybe. <laughs> Danielle, I feel like I feel like you might need this cat. I think I might. I have a new apartment right. now. Yes. <laughs> I feel like it's, I mean, it looks like a totally normal cat. I mean, there's nothing like, you know, malicious looking about it in the pictures anyway. So I feel like it could be a very good, I haven't read the story about it yet, like to see why the poor little thing can't find a home, but somehow he keeps getting passed by. It just breaks my little heart. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, aside from all the the sad things, we do have (laughs) good things to talk about today too. So today... Like I mentioned, our guest is Heather Novak. She is the executive director of the United Way of Grand Forks, East Grand Forks, and area. So welcome, Heather. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me today. Yes, absolutely. So how long have you been involved with the United Way? Are you relatively new to the to the um, organization, or is it something that you've been a part of for a while? Um, so I've actually been with United Way since May of 2019. I came on as a contractor, and okay. then... September after I had my first kiddo, I came on full time. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So nice. about four years. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. And you probably, uh, you know, weathered a few storms in that little amount of time as well. I did. We've made some big changes over the last couple of years since I've been there. So very cool. Yes. I've been in the ED position though, um, since 2021. Okay. Oh, it's weird to think that it's already 2023. I know. I was like, I guess it's only been a year, but nope, it's been more than that. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's this new year thing. I mean, I've only written 2023 a couple of times, but it still kind of messes with my brain a little bit. Um, So tell us just kind of about like the mission of the United Way. I mean, everybody's heard of it, but you know, maybe the specifics aren't quite, you know, people don't maybe know exactly what you guys do and what you help with. Absolutely. So United Way has changed drastically, like I said, over the last couple of years. We had some community conversations in the fall of 2019, spring of 2020, prior to COVID-19. And during those community conversations, we made some big changes after that. So we used to be a pass-through organization where we would grant money out into the community. Now we are 100% a direct service provider. So we're providing direct services to families, clients in the Grand Forks, East Grand Forks, and rural communities. Oh, wow. Um, So that was one of our biggest changes that had come about. Our mission is to provide our neighbors with opportunities to thrive. So our goal is to help those in need. Now, just like every other nonprofit, we all have our own little niches and our areas that we work significantly in. And so United Way really focuses on families. When we had community conversations, that was a little bit of a gap. We don't have a family homeless shelter in Grand Forks like there is in Fargo. And so in 19 and 20, when we were doing these community conversations, that was one of the biggest needs and gaps that were out there. Because if you have a single mom or single dad, mom and dad with kiddos, there's nowhere, not many places, I should say, for anybody to go since oh, we wow. don't have a family shelter like Fargo has. Um, and so that's where we began. 
Um, and then we've just kind of been adding things ever since. So we've added the East Grand Forks backpack program, mm-hmm. the kids closet, Laramore food pantry. Um, and so just really pushing those services sure. out there. So there is now a family shelter in in Grand Forks? So we don't have what we don't have a family shelter. So not like Northlands Rescue Mission where yes they are a homeless shelter, but it is solely for individuals. They sure. do work with families too, but there's a couple of the nonprofits who are kind of trying to work together mm-hmm. to piecemeal essentially sure. because we don't have a family shelter. So we have two apartments um, that we can put families in. We also contract with hotel motels in Grand Forks. Mm. Um, and so Northlands does the same. So they we don't work with the same families, um, but because we don't have one single shelter, we're all kind of helping here and there to make sure that the families are getting the case management and the needs that they need. Wow. Um, is I feel like I would be really surprised by the amount of people needing those services. Is it significant in our area? So since the fall of 2020, we've had over 80 families come oh, wow. through um, our temporary housing. Wow. And so what qualifies somebody to, um, you know, to use your services and and to benefit from some of that? Is it just, um, you know, do they have to apply? Is it, um, you know, how do you, I guess, I'm assuming that if somebody comes to you, they will get help if they need it. Um, But what does that kind of situation look like? So for our Families First program, if we have a homeless family come to us, and I mean that as, you know, mom and child, dad and child, or mom, dad and child, you know, it doesn't have to be any of this sort. Mm -hmm. Um, But if they come to us, as long as they do not have an open warrant, um, we will work on getting them into our temporary housing. Okay. If they are living with family and it's okay for them to stay with that family for a little bit and they want to stay with that family, then we just start those case management services to help them with housing applications and SNAP applications, child care assistance, those type of things. Um, and we'll start case management. Our families that go into the shelter, we also do case management with them. And our case management, even once we get them housed, which could take 12, 30, 60, 90, 120 days. It all depends on what barriers they're going Mm -hmm. through. Um, We still, even once we get them housed, we still do case management for anywhere from 12 to 18 months. So that if they do have any sort of setback, we can walk them through that process on how do we get to the setback? How do we get through the setback without United Way coming in and helping financially? Sure. Um, We also help with rent and utility assistance. Now that's a little bit of a different process. And so we, um, we do have an application on our website, anybody who is looking for um, rent assist, rent or utility assistance or is homeless can do a contact form mm-hmm. on our website. Um, and then one of our social workers will reach out. Our kids' closet, so that's where we take in donated clothing, school supplies, hygiene products, household items, and then we distribute them out to families 100% for free. And that's just an application. Mm-hmm. Um, we do ask income guidelines on that, but it's for statistical purposes. So we don't sure. really deny anyone because if somebody is asking for that, they obviously need those items. Right, right. Um, and that's just an application online. And then the backpack program, we get those numbers through the school social mm-hmm. workers that we work with. So we work with seven schools right now. Um, and they'll let us know how many bags they need. So we actually don't know any of the kids, families, and none of that stuff. And we really don't need to. The goal is to get food into the hands mm-hmm. of the kids who need it. So That's awesome. I know um, we did a, a little 10 question um, feature in Grand Magazine uh, a few months ago, probably even close to a year ago, um, about the backpack program and really how 
little it takes to feed a little kid for a year. I mean, it was like a hundred dollars for, isn't it? Is that the whole school year? So it's or the whole, yeah, it's I forget. $5 per weekend per child. Okay. Right. That's so that's crazy. So you just think about, you know, you're really, I mean, for not very much money, I mean, I blow a hundred dollars on certainly things that are not nearly as worthy. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and then knowing that that could actually feed a kid every weekend you know, for the, for the year. I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible how much you can make that dollar stretch really as well. Absolutely. I am a Starbucks and caribou goer. And when you think about it, it's less than, I mean, it costs less than what a cup of coffee does. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. And just knowing that, yeah, they're, they're getting a meal instead of just something, you know, a luxury, um, which is, you know, kind of, really, you know, tugs at your heartstrings a little right. bit too. I mean, it always kind of, you know, makes me realize how fortunate I am and, and that I'm not in that situation. But it's also so great to know that there's resources in the community that do, you know, help with all of that, which is awesome. I think it's uh, really interesting that, you know, one of the things that you guys do when you're servicing the community is uh, you fill those gaps and needs. So there's, so you guys are very conscious about, where people are already getting help and where people are maybe getting overlooked. Like we talk about the backpack program and obviously, you know, Grand Forks is served through the Northlands Rescue Mission, but there is nobody that was servicing in East Grand Forks. And I know that between the two of you, you're also talking about expanding to even more schools because high schools aren't included in that. And and it's amazing when you uh, sit there and look at how many kids in our community and region have food insecurity so i think that's Mm -hmm. awesome um and then talking about like your laramore food pantry a lot of people forget about these smaller communities that don't have the resources that grand forks does absolutely your rural you know um i was just having a conversation with somebody this morning that the rural community is a lot of people work locally here in grand forks Mm -hmm. but live rurally and unfortunately we don't have those great services that grand forks does out in a lot of these rural communities. And, you know, if you're somebody working from eight to five or whatever it may be, and you need to get up to social services, it's going to be hard to find that time to get up to social services or talk to a social worker. So we have expanded our Laramore. We have expanded our backpack program out to Laramore. So we are serving the Laramore Mm -hmm. Elementary School. We also help with um, not backpack bags up at the high school, just because sometimes bullying can be associated with it. And so instead what we do is we partner with their social worker and we'll bring in different things like boxes of mac and cheese or um, bottles of juice and snacks that they can get throughout the day. Or if there's meals, box meals that we can send over there and then they can go to the social worker's office and be able to take those items home. Sure. Just a little bit more kind of under the radar. A little discreet. Yep. Yep. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and then with the Laramore Food Pantry, we are in the middle of a remodel. So when we took over the food pantry, it was about 400 square feet. And now we are expanding it to a little over, right around 900 square feet. So we'll be able to double it, which is super exciting but then we'll be able to put a kid's closet out there so that people in Laramore will have direct access I mean they can come to Grand Forks and get kids closet items but again if you live in Laramore work in Laramore you might not travel to Grand Forks all that often and you might need these items Um, and so we're able to provide that and then once to twice a month we'll be providing a social worker out there to help people fill out snap applications housing applications or get birth certificates and social security cards we're just talking that 
um, when you have a kid now, you, your birth certificate isn't ordered for you. You actually, yeah, really? <laughs> no, it seems like, yeah. But if you forget <laughs> yeah. and, or just, yeah, don't do it. I mean, it happens right. often. I just had a little boy in April and they sent me home with the paperwork and said, okay, you got to send this into the state for your birth certificate. And I actually had to call the state and ask questions. Cause I'm like, I don't know what this means. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, for weird. Yeah. That just seems like, you know, you bring a human into the world, like a few things, you know, somebody needs to just take care of for you. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Right. (laughs) Oh, for funny. That's, yeah, that's really, that's really interesting. But yeah, like you said, I mean, it's nice to be able to um, help people who, like you said, can't necessarily get into town all that often or during, you know, normal business hours, that kind of thing to um, take advantage of some of these services. It's great that you're able to expand and, you know, and help those outer lying communities. Do you have um, intentions of broadening that reach as well? We do. We'd like to get into Northwood in Manville, and we already are in Emerito. We have a kid's closet set up in their food pantry. Okay. We work closely with their food pantry, so if we have somebody who calls that needs direct assistance um, on a day that they're not open, we do have the number to get a hold of them. And then we also have a mini kid's closet set up in the Minto Fire Department. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So how does that work like a food pantry? I mean, I obviously realize that, you know, anybody can, you know, bring in food donations, but do you um, work at all with um, like area grocery stores or, you know, food service providers, that kind of thing? Do they make any sort of donations, whether it's, you know, something they have too much of or something's getting close to an expiration date or however that works? So we work directly with Great Plains out of Fargo for the Laramore Food Pantry. And with them, we can order through them, but then we can also do a retail pickup. And so they're out in Laramore. The the only retail pickup that we have would be Dollar General. And they're working on that partnership. It's not solidified quite yet, so Mm -hmm. we don't get a lot of donations. But we can also work with other nonprofits or other food pantries in the Grand Forks area. So, for example, if there's a food pantry in Grand Forks who picks up from Walmart and they're going to pick up an excess of bread, they can call us up and say, hey, I have an excess of bread. You guys are open in the upcoming days. Do you want to come take a whole bunch? And then we can come take it. And then we just fill out the correct paperwork, are able to go over there. So we do work with a couple different pantries in Grand Forks to be able to get some of that excess out to those rural communities. Oh, nice. That's that's awesome. And it's, um, you know, great to also partner with, you know, some of the big retailers as well. And, you know, just have a little bit more, um, you know, access to things and, and, you know, kind of know where they're coming from versus, I don't know what else, but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So um, what are your main uh, sources of funding? So we have what we call a fall employee campaign. So that's, that is where United Way has always been in is going to stay as of right now, um, really focusing on getting out into the businesses in the fall. So for instance, example, we go to Shields and we'll have talked to all the Shields staff. We give them all pledge forms. They can do payroll deduction. They can do a direct gift. Um, A lot of the businesses that we work on or work with will have like a week of campaigning. So they might do bake-offs or they might have their own mini trike wars or different events to get their staff Um, encouraged to donate and then they'll have campaign totals. So a lot of businesses are like, what was my last year's total? How do I top that this year? Different Mm -hmm. things. Um, We also get corporate gifts through some of the businesses. 
But then we do events. So we have Giving Hearts Day, which is February 9th coming up. We have MGM Grand Forks, which is a black tie casino night at the Ralph Ingolstadt Arena. And that'll be April 22nd. This will be our second one. Okay. Um, We have Trike Wars, which is adult trike races. So if you've never seen it, check out our YouTube because it is quite the funny thing to watch adults on trikes. I'd like to nominate Dean for that. Right? (laughs) We'll come cheer you on, Dean. Sounds fun. Sounds fun and dangerous. (laughs) Just bring a helmet, Dean. You'll be fine. (laughs) And then we do direct mail um, and then meeting with donors and direct fundraising. Um, We also fill out a lot of grants. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you probably, I would imagine a good chunk of your day is probably spent grant writing and, <laughs> and finding grants and, and trying to figure out if you meet the qualifications for the grants or wording it so that you do meet the qualifications <laughs> for the grants. They're really picky. But um, yeah, so you mentioned these special events that you have coming up. Those are things you do yearly, like a annual basis, right? Correct. Our Giving Hearts Day, MGM, and Trike Wars are all three. Um, another small one we have is Pack the Backpack. Okay. Um, and that is usually the end of August. That's more, not a monetary, I mean, we do get monetary donations, but it's more of an in-kind drive to kick off our backpack program. So we'll be outside, usually Sam's Club, Hugo's on the East Grand Fork side, collecting in-kind donations for the backpack program to get geared up to serve more kids every year. Very cool. That's awesome. I noticed on your website, you have um, sort of like three kind of pillars of the United Way and it was live, work and learn. Is that something you can expand on a little? Yes. So we are, our goal is to build bright futures. Um, And there's many ways to do it, but we're really focusing on live, work, and learn. So, you know, we want to provide our families with a place to live, make sure that they have long-term stability. And the way to get that long-term stability is work. Um, Making sure that our families are able to get to work or to find childcare to work. You know, there's Mm -hmm. so many barriers. Somebody had asked me the other day that, you know, how long do you let somebody stay in one of your shelters? And like we stated, it could vary. It all depends on the barrier. You know, if you're looking, if you have to help somebody get a social security card, it could be up to six weeks to get that social security card back, which means we can't get them housed in that six weeks because getting on applications, you have to have that social security card. Um, And then learn. That's where that kiddo comes in. When you have families who are stressing about rent and utilities because they're getting an eviction notice, or you have families who are homeless and they're couch surfing, or they're living in a vehicle, or they're living with friends, whatever Mm -hmm. it may be, that child, if they're going to school, probably isn't on the greatest routine and on the greatest schedule, and that's going to affect them. That's going to affect their learning. And then we want to break that cycle. Homelessness can turn into a cycle, and so we want to break that cycle at a young age. Right, absolutely. Do you, um, you know, kind of keep track of any of these families that you've assisted along the way? I mean, you know, obviously the end goal is to get them on their feet and off of assistance so that you can provide for the next and so on. Um, and of course, they, you know, I'm sure want to get off of it as well and and start um, being able to provide those things themselves. So do you kind of have a like any sort of follow up with these families and these people down the road, just like a check in, see how they're doing or any of that? We do. So when we start working with a family, especially if they're homeless, we're meeting with them at least twice a week. 
Um, usually we go to the hotel or to the apartment that we have them in just because transportation can sometimes get difficult, especially when it's cold. We don't want the family mm-hmm. sitting out waiting for a bus if you have a two-month-old or a three-month-old. Right, you absolutely. Know? Um, and so we work with those families for two days every week. And then maybe once they're housed, then it'll go to every other week. And then eventually it'll be a monthly check-in. And we usually keep with those monthly check-ins or bi-monthly check-ins, like I said, for that 12 to 18 months. And it could be just a phone call of, hey, how are things going? Are you, you know, still on track with all your bills? Are you running into any issues? And sometimes every month it might be, yep, everything's okay. And then at some point, you know, usually in that 12 to 18 months, we'll be like, okay, you know, you've really done a great job. You seem to have things under control. You'll graduate from that program and it's completed. Um, We did have one family who she's like, can I stay on just for a couple more months just just to have you check in, you know, because it was kind of holding her accountable. Right. It was nice to have somebody who if she had a question or had somebody that she needed to talk to, mm-hmm. she had that ability, you know, they really form that relationship right. and work with our social workers. Wow. How many social workers do you have on so staff? We have one licensed social worker and one program coordinator, okay. and they both do a little bit of different things. So our social worker, our licensed social worker does more of the intensive case management with our sure. families. Sure. It's so, um, kind of interesting whenever I travel to, you know, a larger city and especially if it's not, in the, you know, upper Midwest, um, you know, I don't, and I don't think it's because I have blinders on, maybe I do in some situations, but I don't notice a lot of homeless in Grand Forks. And I think that's probably for a number of reasons, but I'd like to think, especially because we have the resources available for people to get off the streets and find some place, even if it is temporary to, um, to stay. But I got to think, especially around here, it's really challenging just with the weather. I mean, you know, seven months out of the year, it's not, you know, super great to want to be outside all the time. Um, and I think that's just got to be, you know, such a relief for anybody in that situation to know that they have a warm, you know, roof over their heads. Yes, it is. And it's, it's been a big change for us. Um, and I think the word is finally getting out there, but for a long time, it was really hard because people didn't, you know, for, this is our third year of this. So, you know, for a good 18 months, people didn't know that these were the services that we were providing. And so now I'm finally starting to see on some of those Facebook pages, somebody will ask for help or have a question and somebody else will be like, reach out to United Way. And inside I'm like, yes, finally. (laughs) Right. Well, yeah, it takes a long time to, you know, to get the word out and, or to change people's, you know, minds about what the United Way is, was, is going to be, et cetera. It's, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a learning process. That's for sure. So can you inform our listeners on how to get involved with Giving Hearts Day? Absolutely. So Giving Hearts Day is February 9th. So less than two weeks, it'll be one week from Thursday. Yeah. That is so crazy that it's come this I know I've seen all the little red signs outside. I love them. So you can get involved with Giving Hearts Day by going to our website, givegfegf.org forward slash ghd. Um, You can make a donation. You can sign up to volunteer. Um, There's all kinds of things that you're able to do to get involved, but you can also come out on February 9th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. to the United Way office, so 1407 24th Avenue South, and have cookies and coffee with United Way. 
So that'll be a tour of our very little 3,200 square foot building. <laughs> Won't take long. <laughs> yes, no, but you get to see the programs. You know, it, yeah. it really makes a difference. We can always talk about the things that we do and the families that we help and how our programs operate and how important it is for our donors, but you really don't see and feel it until you walk into our kids' closet, which is slightly overwhelming. But you walk in and you're like, wow, like this is awesome. This is exciting. And so that's why we want our donors, our volunteers, our community members to come in, tour, have -hmm. coffees and cookie, and join us on February 9th. Oh, very cool. Um, Just to backtrack for just a second, um, when you mentioned they can, you know, obviously donate financially on Giving Hearts Day, but you said, um, you know, volunteer as well. So what are some of those volunteer opportunities that people have a chance to? So our backpack program is specifically volunteer ran. Okay. So those 600 bags that we push out every single week to our seven schools, that's all packed by volunteers and delivered by, by volunteers. And then our kids closet, same thing. All those items that are donated in, we have to count those to report mm-hmm. them out on our 990. Sure. So we have volunteers who will count them in, they'll sort through them, they'll put them away, and then they'll also pack the bags for our families. Our families will go online and say, I have a three-year-old and these are the items that I need. And then we print that application. Our volunteers will pack it and put it out in the vestibule. Very cool. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that's a big part of sometimes what hinders people from um, participating is that they don't think that, you know, if they don't have the financial means to to give that there's nothing else they can do. But there's, I mean, that couldn't be further from the truth. There's lots of programs. I mean, obviously with United Way and with a million others here in town where you can get involved. And, you know, if you don't, if you can't donate financially, you can donate your time and your talent or even lack of talent. Cause I imagine that stuffing a bag, almost anybody can do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and just bringing that awareness out there, you absolutely. know, if you can't get into volunteer and you can't donate financially, give that awareness. If you hear mm-hmm. of somebody who is ne- in need of clothing or in need of household items or school supplies, you know, have them reach out to us or if they need help with rent and utilities and they have kids in the house, 18 and under reach out to us. That is what we're here for and trying to build that awareness. Absolutely. That's, that's awesome. Um, is there a specific project that you are um, like really fundraising for right now? Um, or is it just kind of very broad? It's broad very, needs? it's very broad. It's um, so this year for Giving Hearts, we want to build bright futures. And we do that through all of our programs, mm-hmm. you know, providing the clothing for kids, school supplies, providing the food, because that is an essential. And then also through our families first. And that can be any array of things you know we might not always help out financially and sometimes people don't even call asking for the financial assistance it could be I need help filling out applications or I need help with case management or really trying to figure out my budget I'm you know Mm -hmm. just barely getting by can you help me work through some of this stuff and so it there's so many different things that we could be out there doing and so that's what we're really pushing for is to build bright futures through any of our programs. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Dean, Danielle, do you, you guys are worker, uh, joining us from afar. So do either of you have any, <laughs> any questions you want to ask Heather or anything you want to say? Well, I was just going to say that, uh, first of all, it's so wonderful to have an organization that just, you know, their sole purpose is to make Grand Forks a better place and to help out. Um, my background was in education. So like the backpack program, um, is something that was uh, very uh, near and dear. And I know, um, you know, all these programs seem to be family oriented and obviously family 
it means kids. And then again, it's back to, you know, uh, if a kid is doing better outside the home, they do better inside the school. And so just to thank the United Way for all the things they've done over the years. So here's sort of my out of the park question was that if, how would, how do you measure the impact that United Way has on on Grand Forks over the years in the long term. I mean, do you have a way to quantify that? I just I try to think how sad we would be if you know United Way had never existed and how many things uh, would have gone by the wayside. Well, for many years, it was monetarily on how we dispersed those grants and how much funding went out in those grants. The statistical piece of it was really hard when we were a grantor because it's hard to get those stats in, you know, specifically when you're helping 20 or 30 different nonprofits, how do you quantify that into just a couple statistics? Whereas now, you know, we can easily say we've had over 80 families or we have had $300,000 worth of in-kind donations. Um, We've helped over 1,500 kids in just a year with Kids Mm -hmm. Closet and 600 kids a week for backpack programs. So now we can really put those numbers um, behind it. Right, right. Absolutely. And that's exactly what I was looking at. And it's just amazing. It's kind of hard because when you do put out numbers like that, it's hard to even um, think about it and imagine uh, that quantity and and what a tremendous impact United Way has uh, on our community. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, kind of what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you know, shocking, really. I mean, to think, I mean, yeah, how many people, I mean, like, that's awesome that you've been able to help that many. And then I can't believe that that many people need help. And that's just, you know, kind of a reality check. And that is another sad, yeah, absolutely. Well, goodness. So where can our listeners find um, more information on any of your programs? Um, how can they get in touch with you if they need to? Volunteering, where can financially. Where get tickets for MGM Grand well, yeah. Forks? Because I think I need And how do we sign Dean up to ride a trike? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lots of questions. Well, you can find all of those things at our website, givegfegf.org. All of our program information is on there, ways to donate. Um, If you're ever looking for the statistics piece of it, our annual report is on there, which always is released in August um, because our year end is in June. Got it. Um, It's always so confusing to me when fiscal years are different than the calendar years. (laughs) Yes. Um, But feel free to reach out to me anytime. My number is 701-775-8661, extension 101. And I can almost always answer questions. And if not, I will find those answers. (laughs) Um, You can sign up to volunteer. You can sign up to donate. You can sign up for all of our events. And yes, I absolutely agree. It does take a team of four for Tricors. So I think (laughs) all of you guys can join. Okay. Okay. Well, do you, and do you provide the trikes? Or do we need to we do. No, we, we provide the trikes. You just have to provide your team and a theme. So you guys get to Ooh, dress up. You pick I what you want to be. theme as well. And we just race other people? Other it's a relay. Oh. And so, oh, okay. yes. So one of you will race and it's usually four other, te- like four other teams that are right. racing against each other. And then it's a relay. So you go around the lap once and then you oh. jump off and somebody else jumps on. So last year we had um, the team Con Air, 
And that was custom air and they were our first place winners last nice, year. So. Nice. Awesome. I do have somewhat recent experience with riding a trike, to be honest. But, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Of course I do. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> no, my girlfriend uh, a little while ago, she and her family moved into a, a new house and they have a, a much bigger garage. And it was, uh, you know, winter time, but their garage is heated. And, and we were over, uh, another friend and I, we're over visiting her and seeing her new house and she's got some young kids and all their trikes were outside in the garage, you know, waiting for summertime and blah, blah, blah. So we hopped on the trikes and had our own little, um, trike race and it's actually very hard to ride. I mean, you really have to figure out what to do with your knees when you're a, you know, a, an adult sized person. And, but and then turning was also challenging, but I, I do have it on video somewhere. So if you ever need a marketing piece for your trike wars, I'm happy to provide that. Luckily, our trikes are bigger than big wheels because oh, they are okay. adult trikes. Oh, um, well, this puts a whole new spin on things. Okay. But they are, they're drifting ones. So you have a brake. So when you oh. turn, you can pull your brake and it'll oh. spin you sideways. But a lot of people will lose control also. Oh, my you, goodness. Do you, are helmets required? They are not. That is, that is at your own discretion. <laughs> I, say, I feel like I'm going to need one and maybe some bubble wrap. Yeah. yeah around my body. Sure, for sure. <laughs> oh, that's You that's know what was... The craziest fundraiser I've ever seen. Oh, what's that? And helmets were mandatory for this. <laughs> it was donkey basketball at oh, yeah. my high school. And they just brought donkeys <gasps> in and you had to sign a waiver and then you would ride around and on a donkey. The <laughs> yep, on the donkey. And people were like falling off oh like, my goodness absolutely crazy was it an indoor court or an outdoor i gotta think donkeys are a little bit messy uh yeah no they brought them into our gym oh my goodness and okay basketball on the same court that the teams did oh my gosh <laughs> janitors really had their work cut out for them after that yeah fundraiser i'm thinking trike sounds a lot trike safer sound a lot. yeah <laughs> oh, well, this kind of inspires my my would you rather for the for the All end right. of this. So, Heather, I always end these podcasts <laughs> rather, on a would right? you rather. Yes. So would you rather ride to work every day for let's just let's say a month. It doesn't have to and not in the winter. It has it can be a pleasant month, but you have to ride a child sized trike to work to and from or for one month. But in the winter, you have to ride a donkey to work. <laughs> well, I don't know if I would, I would have to choose diet. That's a hard choice. I live 30 miles out of town, oh, so I want to okay. choose neither. But if I had to. If you lived in a reasonable lived- distance. Okay. I didn't know where you lived. So, okay. Let's say you live in town, work in town. It's, you know, no more than like a half a mile. I think I'd ride the donkey. You ride the donkey. I'm hoping you could train something. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. To go a little faster. Right. And you can bundle up whilst riding the donkey. Yeah. You riding the donkey? I'm rolling in on a donkey. I would love to ride on a donkey. (laughs) I believe we had something similar, like conversation about this with with was it moose? Yes, with the and the um. Oh yeah. It was with Matthew Turnus with the Empire, I think. Yeah. This just must be my nonprofit question because (laughs) (laughs) yes it was something about riding in a sleigh or riding on a moose I think I don't remember yeah no I'm totally right uh, riding in on a donkey Danielle might have to ride a trike or a donkey because she just recently got in a little car accident but thankfully oh, yeah. it's fine I've opted for a PT cruiser <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Um, I don't know. I love a good summer bike ride. I know a trike is not the same as a bike. <laughs> and you're quite tall, so I feel like that would be very challenging. I have long legs, and I have rode an adult trike before, and even on that, they I look pretty dorky. <laughs> <laughs> But I think I'd still pick the trike. I might look a little funny, but at least I'm taking in the scenery right. and the weather. You're getting some really good exercise. Going my trip to and from work. <laughs> Dean, what about you? What are you what are you riding? Well, my thing is do we have to take care of the donkey or just ride the donkey? Oh, I'm definitely well, gonna take a trike oh. if maintenance of the donkey is part of the deal. You always have some sort of weird little qualifier, but no, yeah, I suppose. That's I mean, not a weird no, I know it is, but I feel like okay, no, that's that's actually a good point. I do feel like you have to take care of the donkey because it would just be like if you had a car and you needed to put gas in it. You also, I suppose, need to feed trike, and tend trike, to the donkey. Trike, trike. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm taking the donkey all day long. I think that would be super fun, now and I'm, I love donkeys, and I want one. Now I'm going to take Dean's donkey too, <laughs> right? <laughs> All the pair of donkeys. <laughs> Donkey farm. Oh, that's funny. All right. Well, thank you, Heather, for joining us and um, wishing you the best luck with uh, Giving Hearts Day. I hope it's very successful for you and, and the United Way. Thank you guys so much for having me today. Thank you.